at golf, not play golf. But uh, this morning we're going to be in 2 Corinthians chapter 10. And uh, this jacket's got to go it's too hot. I tried to grow my hair out a little bit so it didn't get burnt so bad when we were down there. And I, uh, now that I cut it all off, I don't think I want to grow it back. Um, and uh, Sorry, I was trying to convince me my bald spot was, was filling in. and um, I can't see that, so I don't know. But <laughs> I was going to take him for his word. But uh, anyway, whatever. Um, but I do want to encourage you, I know Summer announced it, but tomorrow, more of you Monday, is quite a, a, just a, a, an awesome time. And I'm so thankful to be a part of a body who, who has that vision and that passion to make sure that the youth uh, of this nation uh, hear the gospel and that they grow in their walk with the Lord. Because you don't have to experience life. You don't have to go through certain things. You just don't have to. That's a farce and a tale that has been uh, believed for way too long. But anyway, this morning I want to minister using for a, a title, if you're into that kind of thing. Uh, for me, I could care less as long as it's the word. But uh, don't fight the wrong fight. Don't fight the wrong fight. And, uh, and you may understand in just a moment... But I see a post, and I, I try not to I try to not be on the social media mess too much because I get frustrated. But I've seen so many Christians being engaged in things they just got no business being engaged with. Um, it just you just don't. But anyway, Second Corinthians ten verses one through six, and Paul is addressing people who should be believing, they should be growing, and they should be uh, pro progressing in their walk, if you will. But 1 Corinthians 10, 1 through 6 says, Now I, Paul, myself beseech you by the meekness and gentleness of Christ, who in presence am based among you, but being absent and bold toward you. In other words, he's saying, I'm hoping that you'll get what I'm telling you so that I don't have to be this way when I come. Verse 2 says, But I beseech you that I may not be bold when I am present with you, with that confidence, wherewith I think to be bold against some which think of us as if we walked according to the flesh. For though we walk in the flesh, we do not war after the flesh. For the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but mighty through God to the pulling down of strongholds, casting down imaginations and in every high thing that exalteth itself against the knowledge of God and bringeth into captivity every thought to the obedience of Christ. And having a readiness to revenge all disobedience when your obedience is fulfilled. And I did give them this part of the verse, but the very first part of verse 7 says, Do ye look on things at, after the outward appearance? Because if your focus is on what is going on, and your focus has gotten off of what Christ has already done, then you're looking in the wrong place. But today is just a few days away, and, and we know this. This is a few days away from what we celebrate as our Independence Day. I, I, some may celebrate. We're going to celebrate it regardless. We're going to have a good time. And, and enjoy our freedoms. Uh, but we're just a few days away from celebrating our freedom. And it's a great nation that we celebrate that freedom. And we have those freedoms. And thank God for them. But the majority of this nation is far from free. Because independence is their God. Their freedom, their liberty is their God. And that has become much of the churches uh, of God, their God as well. Because I can't, just because you can don't mean that you should. I can do what I want. That's the, that's the theory. That's the philosophy of most people now. And I, and I have no, I'm not going to stay here, but erasing history will not change history. You, 
You can learn from it or it can repeat itself. It's, it's what you do with it. And he didn't like that. So. It'd be all right. It's still, it's still true. But in 1 Corinthians chapter 7, verses 20 through 24, it says, Let every man abide in the same calling wherein he was called. Are you called being a servant? Care not for it, but if you may, uh, if, if you may be made free, use it rather. For he who is called in the Lord, being a servant, is the Lord's freeman. Likewise, also he who is called, being free, is Christ's servant. So you are bought with a price. We got that today. You are bought with a price, but not, uh, be ye not servants of men. Brethren, let every man wherein he is called therein abide with God. You were bought with a price. I was bought with a price. I'm not to be a servant of man. I am a servant of the Most High God. So I am, you are, we are only free in Christ. He bought us with a high price, not to bind us but that we may be free, that, that I am to serve him like a slave, but a slave to freedom. And I hope that this gets in you this morning. I didn't come for you to shout me down, and, and I didn't come to get all riled up. Uh, I, I may, I don't know, but uh, you are to be a slave to Christ, to that freedom. So, so while we do, in fact, live in a nation that is free, we, the church, are engaged in a war. But, what fight are you fighting? What fight are you fighting? What do you find yourself being consumed with? What kind of things are consuming your time? Because you've got, uh, you've got here and there and you're in the middle and you don't know what's going on. But what is consuming you? The devil wants you. Period. All of us. He wants us. He wants you and he'll do whatever it takes to steal to steal your joy, your peace, your song, your dance. And, and He wants to kill. He wants to kill your faith in Jesus Christ, in the finished work at Calvary. He wants to destroy you. This is what the devil does. John 10 and 10 tells us. The thief come to steal, kill, and destroy. So this applies to everyone, and we're engaged in that war, that battle, that fight, if you will. And it's not a political thing. It's, it's faith. It's about faith. It's spiritual. So spiritual warfare is about protecting and preserving the gospel. It's, it's not taking the city by force. It's not yelling and screaming and engaging in, in, in well, I'm going to go stand up to this and I'm going to go push back. It's not any of that. The war going on in the heavens is not political. It's about what's going on in the church. It's about whether or not the church will stand and preserve and protect the gospel. I want to be as nice but blunt as possible. If they, I don't know if that's possible or not, but we're going to give it a whirl. Facebook don't need your agenda. Nor does Twitter or Instagram or Periscope, if anybody even uses that anymore, I'm not sure, or Snapchat or whatever else y'all do. The world needs Jesus Christ. We all have opinions. We all have where we think or what we think or what we could do. But the world needs Jesus. So for the sinner to come to Christ, obviously, it starts with the moving and operating of the Holy Spirit. 
to open the heart and mind of both the believer and the sinner. Why? Because they have to come to an understanding of what God has done for us. Can you turn, this sounds funny to me, can you turn this down a little bit or something? Maybe, maybe, it, maybe it's just me. But it takes the power of the Holy Spirit to bring us, to bring the believer to a true understanding of the finished work of Christ. Because in your own intellect and in your own understanding, in your own mind, you cannot and will not understand just what He has done for you. So the believer can not only, when you come to that understanding, the believer will not only point people to Jesus, they will show them the way. They'll show them the way. I, I, uh, you, you ever been somewhere and you don't know where you're at and you ask somebody for directions and they tell you to go down, if you're, if you're from the south, and they tell you to go down to the fourth telephone pole and that big red bush and you turn left there and go down to Nadine's house where they have the yard sale every other Saturday and then take a right. If you go down there where the dog's chained up, then you'll find it. But then there's those that will take you and say, you know what, just follow me. Because you ain't going to understand what I'm telling you. Summer does not know north, south, east, and west. I have to tell her where to turn. You go under the bridge at six, uh, on 16, and then you get on 485. If I tell her the inner or outer loop, she gets mad every time. Just tell me, do I go under or do I turn before the bridge? That's all I need to know. Okay, I'm sorry. Sorry, I didn't mean to mess you up there. But the message of the cross, the gospel, the word of God, the story of God's redemption plan is the, the message to the lost we know is John 3.16, For God so loved the world that He gave His only begotten Son, that whosoever believeth in Him should not perish, but have everlasting life. But 1 Corinthians 1 and verse 18 is the message to the church, For the preaching of the cross is to them who perish foolishness, but to us who are saved it is the power, it is the power of God. So to reject His finished work is to reject Him and those who reject Him are perishing. To us who are saved, I was saved, I am saved, I'm being saved, I'll be saved tomorrow. Saved is a present tense verb. It, don't, it continues to work. His blood is always working. It never lost its power. It's applied once, but it continually works. But I have to understand why it's by and because of God's redemptive plan. So when the gospel is preached, when it's proclaimed, when it's heard, guess what happens? Faith rises up. And God's redemption plan reveals that whosoever, and if you wonder who we, if you're watching on the internet or Facebook or whatever you're watching, however, who we are, we're a body of whosoever's. So whosoever believes on him shall not perish. So that same gospel that, that reveals and opens the eye of the sinner to let them know, I don't have to perish, I can have everlasting life. But to the saint, you can be changed even after you've been changed. I guess one of the most uh, repetitive things we say here all the time is change us, Lord. So without the Holy Spirit and without His guidance, you and I, we can't do anything. We were standing on the beach the other, other evening and the sun was going down and I was, I was sharing a little bit with Melissa yesterday, but I began to watch the lighthouse, the Hatteras Lighthouse. I guess that's what it's called, I don't know. It was just a big, it's a big lighthouse. But anyway, I was watching it and the, and the light came on and, 
And I began to think about where we were. They call that stretch uh, uh, Diamond Shoals. It's a 12-mile stretch of sandbars that are constantly shifting. It's the most dangerous shipping route on the whole East Coast and maybe the whole Atlantic Ocean. I'm not sure. But there's been over 600 shipwrecks there. And they wrecked because they failed to heed the warning of the light. The lighthouse was doing a tremendous job, and it does its job not by yelling at people, not by cutting them down, not by screaming at them, but by letting the light shine. So when the Holy Spirit is working in and through your life, the light of Christ will shine through you. Again, let me, let me go back to where we were a, a, while, a good while back, and we were talking about milk and meat, and, and the milk of the Word is the, the gifts of the Spirit, but the, the, the meat of the Word is the fruit of the Spirit. We like to operate in the gifts of the Spirit because we want to be heard, we want to be seen, and we want to pat on the back. But if the fruit of the Spirit tells you a different story about your life, then I don't believe it. So without the Holy Spirit and His guidance, we can't do anything. Without the right message, without the gospel, you cannot move forward. So without the power of the Holy Spirit, guess what? You won't move forward and you can't change, nor will you. It's He who cleans us up. It's He who changes us. Ephesians 1 and verse 4 it says, According as He has chosen us in Him before the foundation of the world, that we should be holy and without blame before Him in love. Holy. Hagios. That's how you say it. That's how I'm going to say it. It comes from hagos, which is, hagos, the root word, is an awful thing. How do you get something good from something awful? Only God can do that. So he brings us out of, if you look in 1 Corinthians 6 and verse 11, he brings us out of, it says, and such were some of you. But, but, but before we go into what he took you into, if you look back to verses 9 and 10, it tells you what he brought you out of. Know ye not that, that the unrighteous shall not inherit the kingdom of God? Be not deceived, neither fornicators, nor idolaters, or adulterers, or effeminate, or abusers of themselves and mankind, nor thieves, or, or covetous, nor drunkards, nor revelers, nor extortioners, shall inherit the kingdom of God. So you have this what you were, hagos, the awful things. This is, I'm not saying you were all, maybe they all fit you, I don't know. But we were these things, but now we have been changed. We have been brought out because you were some of them. But now, verse 11, you were that, but now ye are washed. Yo, wake in this place this morning. God took you from darkness into His marvelous light. This is who you were, but now you are washed, you are sanctified, you are justified in the name of the Lord Jesus and by the Spirit of our God, the Holy Spirit. Changing us. This is who I was, but this is who I am now. So that, that second part, He brought you out of that hagos into to hagios, being holy. Be ye holy, for I am holy. So we came from darkness into that marvelous light, that hagnos, from the same as in Christ. We are properly, in Christ, you are properly made holy. First Peter 1.16, I just referenced it, be ye holy, for I am holy. It don't seem possible. When I was growing up and, and I was in church my whole life and I was around church every single day, it seemed like and it hadn't changed. <laughs> Dear Lord, I'll be 43 in a few days. 
That's not for you, 43 or 40? 43. That's bad. I ain't even even halfway to my 40s. I don't even know how old I am. But anyway, I, I could not grasp the understanding of how in the world could I be holy. Because I am just a hooligan. And I don't understand how I could do this. I, here we fall into a, a, a fight that is, be, that is being fought because you're trying to produce righteousness and holiness by a man-made way. It won't work. You can come to church all you want to. That's good. The devil comes too. We don't want him here. But, but the things don't make us what he desires to make us be. So he brings us out of those things. It's only in Christ that we can change. And he can change you from dead to alive. He has quickened you. So we are, we are going from being bound to being free. So when you get a hold of the truth, guess what you're going to do? You're going to proclaim it. It's amazing when we go to the beach and we have a chance. We, I, I love to fish. And, and so when we go, and, and, and I like to go, and Summer's dad loves spots. So when the spot are running, he always asks me to bring us back some. So if the spots start running when we're there, they can be me, Noah, and Sawyer, and a handful of people. Unless it's Clay Richards, he will not catch anything. <laughs> Clay Richards is the best fisherman in the world, but he is the most, wor- the most awful catcher of fish I've ever seen in my life. He was literally in between four of us, and we were just pulling him two at a time, and Clay is sitting there like this the whole time. <laughs> but anyway, that's a whole sidetrack. But when the fish start running, guess what? People start talking, and guess what? People start coming because they want a part of what's going on. So when the truth is proclaimed, and when you begin to speak it, and you begin to proclaim the truth, guess what? People are going to be enlightened. Why? Because the Holy Spirit is beginning to work, and He's drawing them, and their eyes are being enlightened. The understanding of of, of yourself are being enlightened to know that it is only by and through the power and operating of the Holy Spirit that will change. Now, not only me, but but whoever else as well. So his work is finished. It's complete. Preaching Christ in him crucified is for both, guess who? The sinner and the saint. It's for all of us. So there is no spiritual payoff for, for physical work, for the movement, if you will. We come in, we do the things, we go through the motions, we sing, we go home, we do whatever. There is no physical payoff for the movement. This is not a... a, a, a a physical exercise does result in, in benefit in your life, but this is not, this is not, this don't work spiritually. I knew, uh, I, I referenced a while back, and it's obvious I don't run anymore, but when I ran cross country, I would, I would train. I didn't start training when school started. I was way before then. And, but, but I knew I had to get in shape. And, and if we want a, a, a spiritual maturity in our life, then we can't produce that. I can't produce anything that the Holy Spirit desires to give. So for by grace you are saved, guess what? Through faith. Through faith. There is no other process. There's one way, one process. Any other process other than grace and faith is not of God. It is law. It's law. So so there is a war, there is a fight that is going on and it's spiritual. It's spiritual. Why do we see what's going on right now? If you read God's word, it should not be a shock to you. Yes, it infuriates us. Yes, it makes us mad. All of those things. But in order to receive receive grace, our faith has to be in the right place. 
So 1 Corinthians 2 and verse 2 says, For I determined not to know anything among you, save Jesus Christ and Him crucified. This is Paul speaking. I determined, I made up in my mind before I ever got there, I wasn't going to give you my history, I wasn't going to give you my credentials, I wasn't going to give you my opinion and my thought, I'm going to give you what changed me, I'm just going to give you Jesus. They don't nobody care if you or me has been a keynote speaker somewhere. Who cares? You ever seen somebody introduced like that's going to preach? They've been known to be a keynote speaker at a motivational speech for... I have never heard a motivational speaker motivate me. I'm just going to go ahead and throw that out there. <laughs> they just bore me. But anyway... The keynote speaker, who cares? Our faith is not in what we do, but it's in what He did. It's in what He has done. So man don't need any more carnal messages. That's what's causing people to depart from the faith. 1 Timothy 4, verses 1 and 2 says, uh, Now the Spirit speaketh expressly. That in the latter time some shall depart from the faith, giving heed to seducing spirits and doctrines of devils. Speaking lies and hypocrisy, having their conscience seared with a hot iron. Some people don't believe you fall away. Well, I don't know what in the world else fall away means. It means you fall away from something. You had to have it. So you, in order to have something, I mean, you can't fall away if you never had it. So Paul wrote in 1 Corinthians 2 and verse 4, he said, And my speech and my preaching was not with enticing words of man's wisdom, but in the demonstration of the Spirit and of power. So, so when we trust in Christ and we trust in that finished work and, and we began to experience a demonstration of the Spirit and of power. So again, if you... If you can't remember or you, if you haven't heard a demonstration of the spirit is not somebody falling down or running or none of that it's not it's not any of that a demonstration of this of the spirit is when the spirit of God takes the truth his word his anointed word preached under the anointing of the Holy Spirit and reveals it to you that's a demonstration of the spirit We've twisted and manipulated and we want to make something happen because we want to feel good and we want that, 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 that goosebump. We want that excitement, that experience. Uh, it was crazy because Thursday night we laid down in, 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 in where were we? Ochre. Sorry, I thought it was called Artichoke Island, but it's not. It's, it's Ocracoke Island. But we laid down and flipped the TV on and I was there. On, I was on there preaching. I was like, that's crazy. But um, I... I this is, we're not after an experience. It's when the encounter with God Almighty, that changes your life. An experience will last for a moment, but an encounter will change you for a lifetime. We, we've been good at church of creating an experience. But we need to forget about creating the experience and invite Him for an encounter. Because I don't want a goosebump. I want to be changed. I don't want to be excited. I want to be changed. I don't want to just know. I want to experience what I know. So it takes a move of the Holy Spirit to open your heart and to plant truth into it. You know, these things that go around Facebook. How old were you when you found out if you shake your phone, Facebook will ask you what was wrong or whatever? What? This is crazy. You find things out and it's, wow, this is really real. 
But when you encounter, when you have an encounter with Christ and your life begins to change and people say it's not real, they can't convince you otherwise. So when He reveals it to you and He gives you, he, guess what? He'll give you the faith you need to believe it. So if we're not preaching the truth, and, and if we don't preach the truth, then truth is not revealed and the Holy Spirit don't move because we're frustrating Him. We're preaching our opinion and our thought and what we think should happen instead of His Word and what He's laid out. But when we do preach it, and we do adhere to God's Word, and we do allow the Holy Spirit and ask Him to have His way, then people will have a true biblical faith, which comes from the demonstration of the Holy Spirit. So why do we preach? To be famous? No. So lives can be changed. So, so now all of a sudden your faith is in the right place, 1 Corinthians 2 and 5, that your faith should not stand in the wisdom of man. You're no longer looking to the preacher. You're, you're standing, your faith is, is, is anchored and rooted in the power of God. <coughs> a lot of people don't want that. Why? Because they're complacent and they want somebody else to do something for them. You don't have to. You don't have to. When, 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 uh, when the kids were young and I was, maybe I was foolish for doing this and they wanted to drive nails and I would hold them for them, which was really dumb, but I would get it started a little bit for them. But now they don't need me to hold the nail. They can do it themselves, I think, I hope. But when, when we learn and we grow in our walk with the Lord and the Holy Spirit begins to enlighten the eyes of our understanding, I realize I have the same access as anyone else and I have the same privilege as anyone else and He hears me just like He hears anyone else and He'll do for me just like He did for them because He is no respecter of persons. So all of a sudden our faith is anchored in the right place and our, our faith is standing in and on the power of God. So if I'm preaching what I'm supposed to, you're going to get what you're supposed to, and it's going to come through a demonstration, and by a, a demonstration of the Holy Spirit, and your faith is going to stand in the power of God. That's why we preach Christ and Him crucified. Because I promised you a long time ago, I'm going to let you down. Because I'm a person. We don't need any more spiritual junkies. You don't need to run around chasing things. The Bible tells us signs and wonders will follow them who believe. And it's not about the shout. We do that. We, we get excited and that's fine. But it's about Christ and Him crucified. It's about His finished work. And in Ephesians 4, we find the five-fold ministry. We, we read about the apostles, the prophets, the evangelists, the, the teachers, and the pastors. But they're all for one purpose. It's to preach. Is that right if, I, if it, we awake this morning? It's not to entertain. It's to preach. To preach. To preach the gospel. The, to preach the gospel. To engage in war, if you will. To fight the good fight of faith. So, so people uh, will say, no, no, it's for the perfecting of the saints. It does do that, but that happens by preaching Christ and Him crucified. So that you can experience a demonstration of the Holy Spirit. 
to open your heart and know that your faith is not standing in man, but, by, but in the power of God. I'm talking about people being killed by friendly fire in the church. Because Brother Haven comes to me and Jason, I got this going on in my life. Well, let me tell you what I think you ought to do. If somebody ever tells you what they think you ought to do, say, well, wait a minute. Well, brother, let's pray about it. Let's take it to the Lord. Friendly fire has destroyed a lot of believers. But always it's not friendly fire. Sometimes it's truth and you take it the wrong way. So when we, when we allow the Holy Spirit to move in us and to change us, and we know that this fight is not our fight, but it's the good fight, the Bible says, and we'll get there in 1 Timothy, it's the good fight of faith. So any message that points, listen closely, any message that points you to faith in Jesus Christ and Him crucified, any message that moves you from law to grace, any message that points you to the right object of faith, but does not bring you to the purpose of it is not the gospel. Because there's a purpose. There's a purpose, and the purpose is so that sin does not dominate you as a believer. We got that today. Why? Because that has already been conquered. Terrence said it a while back when he was preaching, victory is a past tense Look at it as the past tense. It's already been done for you. The victory is yours. The battle is not yours. But God says, what? It's mine. So you, listen, when, when you hear all of these things, but you never, you're never brought to the purpose, this is the problem with a lot of believers. They, they've heard the right things, but they never have got the purpose. But a lot of times the believer never engages in God's word themselves because if you are, I promise you, you'll come to the purpose. So that you may be free when truth is preached. People will get mad and some will receive it, but no matter the response, the truth will force, one, or, uh, will force you to look at yourself. That's what the word of God does. So we find that there is still some pruning that needs to take place. Uh oh, well, I've been saved for 32 years. Good. There's 32 more years of pruning that needs to take place. You ever been to a vineyard? If it's an old vineyard, there, there's grapevines everywhere. But guess what? They didn't stop pruning the vines. The vine dresser continually takes care of the vines. That's John chapter 15. Why? To make you not produce fruit, but to, to make you bear much fruit. Much fruit. So, so when, you, when you allow the Holy Spirit to work in your life, and you're fighting the good fight of faith, and not engaged in the wrong type of fight, then you'll realize there's change that needs to take place still in my life. That, that truth is going to make me realize that I might just have to stop blaming somebody else. Oh, well, you don't understand how I was raised. We all want to be the victim. Right now, you've got lots of people walking around. They're claiming to be victims. And they want to be. That's their desire, to be the victim. And they want to paint the picture of pity, and they want you to feel sorry for them. Let me just make this statement very clear, and I'll move along. The majority of people do not want equality. 
They want what you have without exerting any effort at all. And I don't care what color you are, from what nation you come from, or anything else. In God's economy, at the cross, the playing field's level. No matter if you're a pastor, or if you just came today. We all have the same access, and we all have the same thing that can be benefited to us and poured out upon us. So you've got to be... You've got to become not dominated and, and controlled by sin, but dominated with Christ. And now you're dancing on the grave that was dug for you. Why? Because I'm not falling into that junk no more. I'm not engaging in that anymore. I'm not going to stand here and argue with you post-trib, pre-trib, or mid-trib. I'm going. Brother, if you want to hang around and you hang, I'm going on the first bus. But we want to argue about things that really don't even matter while people are dying and going to hell and they're perishing because we're fighting the wrong fight. So we're in a war, and we're in a war not to, not to say, look at me, and to, to pin badges and medals on us, but for souls. So when a, when a half-truth is told, guess what? A full lie is believed. What do you mean? half-truth is still a whole lie. So when you stand on the power of God, you'll learn to overcome sin that so easily besets you. So that 1 Corinthians, that 10, 1 through 6, he's addressing those who won't believe the truth that was always preached. So this, this war, this fight, this battle we're engaged in, it's spiritual. And, and again, it's not fought by jumping up and down and by running and swinging from the chandeliers and all of those things. It's, it's not any of that. That's warring in the flesh. That's, that's not spiritual warfare. You can, you can drum up some kind of crazy beat. And you can do whatever you want to do. That's warring in the flesh and that ain't going to get nothing done. Might make you feel good, feel like you accomplished something. That's about it. So, so that we, we walk in the flesh, but we do not war after it. Saul's armor to David is the perfect example of warring in the flesh. And, 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 and you're, or, or looking to a, a spiritual father, a mentor. 1 Corinthians again, 1 Corinthians 2.5 says that your faith should not stand in the wisdom of men, but in the power of God. So placing your faith, even placing your faith in a governing body, a denomination. They ain't doing nothing for you. I, I don't care if you're Baptist, Southern Baptist, First Church of God or Seventh Church of God or Assembly of God or Foursquare or all the other 375s there are. Or non-denominational or whatever. I don't care. My faith is not there. My identity is not there. It's in Christ. It's in Christ. So I'm nothing without Christ. We are engaged in that fight. The, so so, so we, 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 we get engaged in these battles that, that don't matter. Look how they're growing. Well, we can do that. Or look what they're doing. Well, I got something for that. So no, we, we preach Christ. That's all we do. We preach Christ. We're, we're, not, we're not in what was, seemed to be a couple years ago, the, 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 the fancy saying, a paradigm shift. We're, we're not in that. We don't, 
We don't have some of the things, the bells and whistles that some people do. And if you got them, congratulations, that's good. But we don't, we preach. We preach. What? Christ in Him crucified. So we preach, we preach, we preach. So, so what if they don't like what you're preaching? Then I preach anyway. <coughs> I don't war after the flesh. My faith is in not what man has to say or what I can do. It's okay to not be like them. Have you ever just thought, well, I'm not like you. I'm not like you. So what? So what? I'm not like you. What do we do? What, what does Lakeside do? We preach. We preach the word. I Listen, I don't. You don't. No one needs Saul's armor. It has never or never will defeat a Goliath. I do not war after the flesh. You should not be warring after the flesh. So, so what are you fighting for? For souls. Not for friends. There's no time for complacency and we've, we've gotten too comfortable to fight. This, this last few months has rocked the world. And specifically, it has rocked the church world. Because we don't know what to do. I can't, I can't. I, yeah, you can Preach where? Wherever you go. What? To who? Whoever you see. Yeah. Even if they can't see your mouth moving, you got a mask on. I to preach anyway. Preach. Preach the gospel. In Isaiah 32, 9 through 15, you, you read and you find in there that, 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 that there was a complacent people, and because they were complacent, Isaiah saw a desolate Jerusalem. It was inhabited by the wild and many people are satisfied with self and that comfortable Christian will only do what they feel is enough. That self-absorbed Christian is comfortable. The fall of man was a, was a re, uh, result of self-absorption of sin. We want letters attached to our names and to be called this or that. None of that matters. I have... Someone, not something. I am Jason Collins in Christ Jesus. Jesus made himself of no reputation. We read in Philippians 2 and 7 and, and 2 and verse 5 says, To let this mind be in you, which was the mind of Christ. He was obedient unto death. He engaged in a war, but guess what? He won. So that you don't have to. Hello. You don't have to. 1 Timothy 6, 12, well, here we go. We fight the good fight of faith. Fight the good fight of faith. Lay hold on eternal life. Whereunto thou art also called and hast professed a good profession before many witnesses. Fight the good, this is the only fight that's good of faith. Fight the good fight of faith. Nothing else. The Bible says in Jeremiah 17, 9 that the heart is deceitful and desperately wicked. This is why we can't be comfortable. I wasn't in the military, but I, I, my, my family was. and had friends who were, and they were talking about being on poster on guard, and they didn't have a lazy boy recliner out there for them. They were at attention, looking, being the, being the watchman on the wall, if you will. But we've become too comfortable, and we've become too complacent to engage in what? A good fight of faith. 
So we can't be comfortable. We can't be complacent. What are we contending for? Reputation or are we contending for the faith? Fulfillment isn't in what you do, but it's in what God has already done or what God will do for you and through you. It takes faith to fight. Isn't it funny that you wouldn't even believe Him without faith? But you have to have faith to believe Him? It's... When you walk by faith, you might not have what other people have. When you walk by faith, you might not have those things. But guess what? When you walk by faith, people can't buy what you have as well. Hebrews 11 and 1 says, Now faith is the substance of things hoped for, but the evidence of things not seen. Our faith is not what we... Listen, we want to we see it. We want it to be tangible. Well, tomorrow it don't look good. When's this thing going to end? Man, three weeks is a long time. I'm not going to walk around like a muzzle mule. I just can't do it. When, when is all this stuff going to go away? Listen, my faith is not in man's law. It's in what Christ has already done. Isaiah wrote in, in Isaiah 32, verses 9, Rise up, you women who are at ease. You careless daughters, give ear unto my speech. He didn't say, he, didn't say, he said, rise up. So we need some men and women to rise up and, and we become so complacent that we find joy and, and, and instead of finding joy in what God has already done and provided in the finished work of Christ, we're finding joy in what man can provide. So, so what man has birthed cannot be used to win man. Period. Melissa said it a, a couple weeks or a few weeks ago at, at one of the More of You Mondays and Talking about, I, I, I'm not going to put verbatim, this is my understanding. Uh, a man-made or man-derived movement will never change anything. Regardless of what you attach to it. It's man-driven, man-made, and man-fueled. And it won't change anything. Listen, he didn't say wake up, but rise up. There, there are areas in all of our lives that we can improve. All of us. And if we don't, the church don't engage in this good fight of faith, then the effect will be felt by not only today, but tomorrow as well. So, so Isaiah wrote that the city uh, was left, the forts and the towers, they're going to come down, but the very thing they trusted in, it's all going to be gone. It's all going to be taken away. It's all going to be stripped away. But with every warning, God always gives hope. If you go on in Isaiah 32, you get to verse 15, and then he talked about all the things going away and being stripped away. He said, until the Spirit be poured upon us from on high, and the wilderness, what was wilderness crazy, and everything else will be a fruitful field, and the fruitful field be counted, it's going to be so fruitful that it be counted as a forest. Why? Because now man's out of the way, and the Holy Spirit is in control. So the antidote to complacency and carelessness is found in the Spirit of God. Many who get comfortable and complacent are like the woman at the well in John 4. You get to verse 20. She was conversating with Jesus and she said, Our fathers worship this in this mountain. And you say that in Jerusalem is the place where men ought to worship. She was answering Jesus and she was wanting to, to worship what she thought would be right. But verse, verse 21 says, Jesus said unto her, Woman, 
Believe me, the hour comes when you shall neither in this mountain nor yet at Jerusalem worship the Father. But you go to, to verse 23, uh, we've got a new way to worship. <laughs> Hello? We've got a new way to worship. You don't have to worship what you thought was right. I'm telling you, believe me. Can you imagine having this conversation with Jesus? Believe me, the hour comes and now is. Now is the hour. Whatever this hour is. Ten, that's not ten. We need a digital clock for me. But uh, it's almost twelve. But the hour, right now is the hour. And when true worshippers shall worship the Father in spirit and in truth. For the Father seeketh such to worship Him. God is looking for hello holy worshippers. Not holy worship. Do we, we understand the difference? The ceremonies, the rituals, the things, the, the playing, the building up, and the crescendo of the song, and, and then the coming down. And He's looking for holy worshipers. Not the, not the ceremonies. We have to worship Him in spirit and in truth. But verse 24, God is a spirit, and they who worship Him must worship Him in spirit and in truth. So, so this day is not ordinary. This, this day that the Lord has made, this is the day He made. I'm going to rejoice in it. It's not an ordinary day. God never does anything ordinary. It's always extraordinary. It's always more. So, so He don't make us ordinary because ordinary is comfortable. He didn't call us to be comfortable. If He wanted us to be comfortable, He would not have said, I will send the comforter. He wants us and desires us to be at His feet and to, to, to make ourselves available to Him. So instead of carrying our need, you should be praising Him for meeting it. It's not yours to carry. We men... I don't know why I'm looking for a metal cup and jail bars. <laughs> They're not here. Uh, but we, we're, we just want to be like that swing high, swing low, sweet chariot. It's not, it is not ours to carry. Let him take it and praise him for it. The comfortable ones want somebody else to do it for them. The comfortable ones want to blame everybody else. The comfortable ones, that, that crybaby Christian, if you will, they only want a pacifier. They don't want to change. I know I'm a little bit longer than normal, but it's all right. We need to change, not be pacified. I'm talking to me too. He desires to change everything about us. Well, I didn't think I was that bad. Didn't, didn't, I'm not saying you're a horrible person, that you're a smelly bag of trash. <laughs> filthy, I'm sorry, filthy bag of trash. Well, we got some over there. Dear Lord Jesus, we've got to take it away before we went. But anyway, God said to be ye holy, for I am holy. Come out from among them and be ye separate. We cannot do it without Him. Ain't going to happen. We don't need a normal routine. Why? Because a normal routine is our own routine. And be it good or bad, where are the warriors? Where are the intercessors? Where are the shamas who said, now, you know what, I ain't leaving this pea patch no more. I ain't moving. I I'm going to stand my ground. In fact, when you read over in Ezekiel, the Lord told Ezekiel, stand upon your feet and I will speak to you. We have become, we want everything spoon-fed and we want everything dumped into us or we want to be hooked up to an IV and just, I don't even, that's, that's, that's the real lazy ones. Just, I'm just laying here. Just. 
Where are the fighters? Where are those shamas? Psalm 144 and 1 says, Blessed be the Lord, my strength, who teaches my hands to war and my fingers to fight. And if you read on over into Psalm 18, 32 through 38, you're going to find more encouraging uh, scripture about Him being our shield, and our strength, and He makes the ways perfect. And we're engaged in a fight, a war, and, and we can recruit all we want. But guess what? The church is, is wonderful recruiters, but we're horrible at training. Robert Sapp said it the best. We, man, we're great at getting them saved, but whoa, we stink at discipling. Why? Because it takes us being out of our comfort zone. And it might take more than you being here for, or, 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 or spending some of your time uh, uh, teaching and showing somebody the way. You know, my kids know they don't have a choice. Uh, you're coming to church. And they know that their, their relationship is not this building. They know that they are the church. But you're not going to stay home and play Donkey Kong. Y'all don't, don't even have Donkey Kong anymore. Man, y'all need some good games like we had. Hubert and Frogger. And the good stuff. Proverbs 22 and verse 6 says, Train up a child the way she go, and when he's old, he'll not depart from it. Train. Not just take him to church. We'll talk a little bit more about that tonight. But our, our, our message is not going to change. Our method ain't going to change. It's preaching. Preaching what? Preaching Christ to Him crucified. Preaching the gospel. Preaching the word. Preaching under the anointing of the Holy Spirit so that a demonstration of the Spirit will take place in your life. Galatians 1 and verse 10 says, and, and singers and musicians, you can make your way on back, says this, For do I now persuade men or God, or do I seek to please men? For if I yet please men, I should not be the servant of Christ. Now, right now, June the whatever this is, what is this? June the 28th, or the days ahead, is not the time to be caught up and sidetracked with all the stupidity that is going on. It's the time to preach. Preach. Fight. The good fight of faith. Man, I, I, only verse I know is Jesus wept. Then preach it like you ain't ever preached it before. Well, I'm a little bit nervous. That's good. Well, I don't know what to say. Ask him. He'll speak through you. Well, the people I work with are scary. So? You think the Lord's scared of them? If you desire something different, I always say, do something different. I want you to stand in this place this morning. I don't know what need you may have or where you may find yourself. You may have found yourself over the last few months or weeks or whatever, sidetracked and engaged and getting involved in things that, that you don't necessarily need to because it's just consuming you. But I would ask you this this morning. Would you simply ask Him, Lord, prepare me to be a sanctuary? Strengthen my hands to war. To fight the good fight of faith. Don't get caught up in the wrong fight. If there's a need in your life this morning, come. We'll be glad to pray with you and believe with you. 
If you're just tired, good. Your strength is in Him. Come this morning and let Him minister to you and in your life as they sing. be like me and never thought that you would see what you're seeing or experience what you're experiencing but please don't get involved in the wrong fight fight the good fight of faith give them Jesus show the love of Christ 
because we all need it. We all need it. We love you guys and praying for you. Remember, we have service tonight at 6. I'll still be in Ephesians, but uh, I'll be teaching tonight on doing the will of God. And uh, if you're interested in that, just come on out. If not, if you don't want to be here, then tune in or whatever, but I will be here. But we love you guys. If somebody wants to feel the need and the urge to help uh, straighten some things out in the back this week, we'll gladly take your help. Um, I'm just going to throw a little Bible out there. You have not because you asked not. I'm going to ask for help. So, uh, and it's really for, for this coming Sunday, next come, uh, Sunday night for Food Fellowship. That's some things we want to get rid of and move, get out of the way. But uh, love you guys, and uh, we will see you hopefully tonight. Be blessed.